Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Blue Wire, and I am your host, Tracy Sandler. Today's guest is Amy Trask, former CEO of the Oakland Raiders and current CBS analyst. Amy shares invaluable advice, some amazing stories from her time with the Raiders and Al Davis, and how she overcame insecurities to embrace being on camera. This is a really fantastic episode for anyone who works in sports or wants to. But before we dive in, I'd love to ask everyone listening to subscribe to the Get My Job podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. One lucky reviewer will win some cool fangirl merchandise, so make sure to screenshot your review on your Instagram story and tag at Fangirl Sports Network and hashtag GetMyJobPod for a chance to win and be highlighted in an upcoming episode. Now, let's get to it. Make sure to screenshot your review on your Instagram story and tag at Fangirl Sports Network and hashtag GetMyJobPod for a chance to win and be highlighted in an upcoming episode. Now, let's get to it. Amy, thank you so much for joining me today for Get My Job. Uh, we had the pleasure of getting to know each other a few years back when we first I first started Fangirl, and so it is so exciting for me to get to have you on today. Well, I'm delighted to be joining you. I'm thrilled to do so, and boy, oh boy, has it been fun to watch the progress of your career and the explosion, if you will, of all you are doing since that day when you and I first met and you started to share with me some of these ideas you had and you've done everything you said you wanted to do and then some. So congratulations. It's a lot of fun to watch you succeed as you are succeeding. And I am rooting and cheering you on every step of the way. Well, thank you. That is really nice. You've made my day today. Thank you, Amy. That means a lot All right, to so me. Maybe we should then we should maybe just end the podcast right now. Yeah, so that was great. Thanks for joining me. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, well, I think it's actually a very good transition into what we're talking about because Get My Job is an opportunity for women such as yourself who have become so prominent in the world of sports to talk a little bit about their journeys and their obstacles and give advice. So I'm just going to jump right in. As we all know, you were the CEO of the Raiders uh, starting in the mid-'90s. But you first started with the Raiders in the mid-80s at a time, both of those time periods, where there were so few women in the NFL. I would love for you to be able to talk a little bit about how you were received and kind of what your biggest challenges were. Wow. Um, We could talk for hours and hours about all the stumbles and fumbles and bumbles I made along the way. I I did start my job in the mid-80s, as you referenced, Tracy, and I both grew up you know, in the objective sense of growing up as well as growing up on the job. So I grew up professionally and I grew up in all senses on the job. So, you know, a lot of the challenges I faced were self-imposed challenges or um, self-induced challenges, if you will. But you're right. You know, I started my job in the mid-80s. I am confident that many of the people who are fans of your terrific work weren't born when I started my job or were very, very, very young. And when I walked into my first NFL owners meeting, I was the only woman in the meeting. And, uh, you know, there, there's a couple different kinds of NFL owners meetings and, and the work gets done at the owners meetings that are called one per club or two per club meetings, not as much at, as at the annual meeting, which is a lot more people per club. But 
Al asked me to join him at a two per club meeting very, very early in my career in the 80s. And I walked in the room and was the only woman at that meeting. And, you know, there had been other women there before me. They were the wives of owners, the widows of owners, daughters of owners. But my understanding uh, was that it was the first time a woman not related to ownership had a seat at that table. Were you, did people look at you funny? Did people treat you differently? Or for the most part, did people say we got to get to work and the fact there's a woman in the room is fine? Well, I shared a story in a book I wrote, and I'll do it very, very briefly now. But there, when you went into an own, I, I, in other words, I will cut it down. I promise not to belabor it with the full story. But when I walked into that meeting, um, meetings are held in very, very large rooms at very, very nice hotels. And you enter the room, and at the back of the room, there's always a breakfast set up. It's coffee and things for people to eat before the meeting starts. So I got down there very early and went in the back of the room and was enjoying some coffee and some food. And the owner of a team approached me and said, you know, asked me to get him coffee. And I looked around and I realized I was the only woman not on catering staff in the room at that moment. So I had to decide very, very quickly what I wanted to do. And I decided to handle it in a manner that felt right to me and I thought would be fun and effective and I enjoyed it, and it was effective. He asked me to get him coffee, and I looked at him, and I said, how do you take that? And he told me, and I went and got his coffee, knowing that within 10 minutes, the meeting was going to start, and we were going to walk into that room and sit down at a table, perhaps quite close to one another, and I just couldn't wait to see the expression on his face. So the meeting gets called to order 10 minutes after that, and I start walking to my seat, because people map out their seats before the meeting, I sit down, he sits down right across from me, and I could see the blood drain from his face. And I just started laughing, and he looked at me and realized I was laughing, and he started laughing. And you know what? That gentleman, that team owner, became one of my biggest advocates throughout my years in the league. He supported me. He encouraged me. He was tremendous. Uh, there wasn't another meeting that ever occurred at which he didn't offer to get my coffee and at which I didn't remind him he still owed me a tip. And, <laughs> you know, Tracy, a, a number of women, women I respect, a heck of a lot of women I respect, have criticized me for the way I handled it. They suggested that I should have been very direct and firm and really, to use one of their words, let him have it. But, you know, I handled it in a manner that felt right to me. And you know what? It was effective. And I was true to myself in the manner in which I handled it. It was fun. I made my point. And you know what? It worked because he advocated for me and encouraged me and supported me from that day on. Well, and I think you bring up something that I'd love for you to talk about. You handled it in the way that was best for you. And I think as women and just generally as people were told what we should have done or what we shouldn't have done and how it would have been done differently. But how important is that for young women coming up in this industry to learn how to handle things in the way that's best for them and to shut out some of that extra noise? I, I, I don't know that I can effectively convey um without using some words you might not want me to use on the podcast, no, um, you how can. important okay. it is. <laughs> okay, good. Good to know that going forward. Um, you, you know, you said it beautifully, Tracy. The best advice I have 
ever received in my whole life was from my mom. And she told me from the time I was a very, very little girl, to thine own self be true. And as moms can do, she repeated it over and over and over again. And as daughters can do, I rolled my eyes every time she did. But she was right, Tracy, to thine own self be true. And by the way, as a little aside, I'm I'm not quite sure why I'm admitting this right now. It wasn't until I was almost out of college that I learned that that was Shakespearean and that was from Hamlet. I, you know, I thought that was my mom's advice. I didn't realize she was quoting Shakespeare, but whether my mom or Shakespeare, it's the best advice I've ever received. And I would say that the biggest um, bumbles and stumbles, my biggest mistakes, my biggest just flops throughout my life have been when I have not acted in a manner that is true to myself And the things that I have felt best about accomplishing, the things at which I have succeeded the most have been when I have been true to myself. So if nothing else, to the really young fans of yours that are listening, listen to your moms. (laughs) That's good. You know what? That is excellent advice for no matter what you do, because I do think the older you get, the more you realize mom was right. Well, and and you cannot be, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. Um, You can't, you know, if you want to be a leader in a leadership role, be you. I don't think you can be a leader if you are not leading in a manner that is true to yourself. I agree with that 100%. And I think that is excellent, excellent advice. Um, A little bit along those lines, uh, but maybe switching gears slightly, you said uh, early in the pod that you felt like some of your biggest challenges were self-imposed. What would you say was your number one self-imposed challenge or mistake, and how would you advise people to avoid it? I don't know that I would advise people to avoid it. I will simply acknowledge that it made my job harder, but to thine own self be true. And I am very, very direct, forthright. I don't sugarcoat things. To the point where, you know, look, I've been told at times that I'm direct to a fault. I don't think there is such a thing. I think that the world would be a lot better if people were more direct with one another. But that said, I can be a bull in a china shop at times. So there were times very early in my career. Here I was, the proverbial new kid on the block, mid-80s. I am. I started as an intern when I was still in grad school. and then. Took a, you know, became a full-time employee after grad school, but I was one of the youngest people in the building, and I, I was a bit of a bull in the china shop at times. So I think that I, I still think on balance, being who I am was the best thing for me to do, but I probably could have handled some situations better had I been a little bit well, a little bit less of a bull in a china shop. Do you think that that's something that just kind of comes with experience and maturity? Well, again, I'm going to say there's two sides to every coin. It is that same bull in a china shop mentality that probably caught that, you know, I won't say probably, I don't know that he would have articulated it that way, but that is what caught Al's eye. Mm -hmm. And that is what suggested to him, I'm going to give her more to do. So 
I do think in some regards, it, I made my job more difficult, but I also had the opportunities I had because of that. So I'm not ever going to advise someone not to be true to themselves. I'm not ever going to advise someone to soften or strengthen who they are. I am simply going to advise to be cognizant that when being who you are, you may be creating challenges at the same time as you are creating opportunities. And you simply have to navigate each situation um, as it comes. Oh, I will tell you the other mistake that I made. There was one instance in particular where two, two, but one in particular where I just didn't trust my gut instinct. And I found over the course of my career that when I trusted my gut instinct, things were going to be fine. I was going to make the right decision. But when I didn't trust my gut instinct, that's when I made errors. And so I would, I would suggest following your gut instinct um, is a good idea. Do you have any examples you would be willing to share? Oh, sure. Um, I mean, God, I, you know, I could fill up your podcast for the next year with mistakes that I made. And, and by the way, that is something about which I feel very, very, very strongly. It's okay to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, you know, if you're a fighter pilot and you're flying an F-16 or an F-15 and you're upside down and pulling six Gs and, and you scream, oh, no, you know, that could be a real problem. I had the opportunity to fly in an F-16 and had the pilot shrieked, oh, no, when we were upside down and pulling six Gs, I would have been concerned. Um, my brother and sister-in-law are, are my brother and his, and, and my sister-in-law are doctors. And if one of them screams, oh no, during a procedure, that could be a real problem. But in business, most problems are solvable. And I made a lot of mistakes. I mean, I should say most mistakes are solvable. Um, and I always said to staff, it's okay to make a mistake. I'm going to make mistakes. And when I make a mistake, I'm going to gather you guys together and I'm going to say, help. I made a mistake. Will you help me fix it? And I did that umpteen times. And the bigger the mistake, the more ice cream I served at the gathering. <laughs> but what that, what that did was um, demonstrate to staff that they should feel comfortable saying to me, I made a mistake. Because I was going to help them fix it just as they helped me fix mine. As to your question about not following my gut instinct, um, there was a circumstance in which some on, you know, some of, some of our merchandising staff wanted to um, make a certain product. And I had some concerns about intellectual property rights relating to marks and logos, but I contorted myself into a pretzel to give them the go ahead because I didn't want to stifle creativity or discourage um, brainstorming. And I kind of knew uh, there's an intellectual property issue here. And sure enough, there was. And you know what? It was a mistake and we fixed it and it was fine. But it was just a very good lesson to me. Your gut instinct told you this was a bad idea. You twisted yourself into a pretzel to okay it. And now you got a potential lawsuit on your hands. You did this yourself. It's a good lesson though. It's definitely, yep. it's definitely a good lesson. And on the mistake thing, that's something I tell my team all the time. Mistakes happen. That's fine. Own it figure out how to fix it, and then we move on. The, where I get upset is excuses. It's okay, mistakes happen, but we don't need a lot of excuses. We just need to fix it and move forward and learn from it. So I think- Agreed, um, ag- agreed, agreed, agreed. Mistakes happen. You make one, 
tell me you made a mistake and I'm going to help you fix it. And gosh knows I'm going to make a lot of mistakes and I'm going to ask you to fix them. But you're absolutely right. Let, let's, not work, let's, let's not make excuses. Let's say we made a mistake and let's fix it. When I go on my little diatribe about it being okay to make a mistake, um, my husband usually interjects and says, and don't forget to say you shouldn't make the same one twice. Mm-hmm. And he's right. And I had a, a terrific interaction with Al at one point where I made a whopper of a mistake, Tracy. I mean, a whopper. And it's a long story, so I won't belabor it, but it sort of culminated with me saying to him, you know, umpteen times, if you want to fire me, I understand. And he wasn't responding. And finally, I said to him, fine, you know what? I'll fire myself. And he looked at me and he said, no one's firing you. You made a mistake. It happens. And then he said, you'll make others. And, and he was right. But the point being, don't make the same one twice. Mm-hmm. That is excellent advice as well. Excellent advice. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axio Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axio Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up and it's free. Sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, put in code FREE99 at sports.axios.com. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave? It hasn't changed much. That's why Harry's focuses on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. The men in my life love Harry's because it gives them a close shave, easy glide, and low price. Do me a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essential, quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. Harry's is super convenient, Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule, with or without a subscription. And there's no risk for you trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of this show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. Uh, what do you miss most about being the CEO of the Raiders? You know, I, I'm sure that there will be those who don't believe me when I say this, but the answer is at this point, I don't miss it at all. And let me back up and say this. Deciding to leave the organization was the hardest decision I have ever ever made in my life. And yes, I realize as I say that, 
that that underscores what a very, very fortunate life I've had, that I have not had to make life or death decisions or decisions as to how I'm going to find clean water for my family or such things. But it was the hardest decision I've ever made. And when making a decision like that, one wonders, is it the right decision? Am I going to regret this decision? And the answer is, I didn't regret it for a moment. I haven't regretted it for a moment. And it was the right decision. All of that is sort of a a preface to what I'm about to say. My first year away from the NFL, I missed game day very much because game day was something I had done for almost 30 years. The the excitement, the um, passion of being part of a team on game day. So year one, I could look you dead in the eye and say, Trace, I miss nothing except game day. Now I love my game days at CBS Sports so much. I love the team I work with at CBS Sports Network. I'm so happy doing what I'm doing. I no longer miss that. Um, and that, that's, that's the honest to goodness answer. Well, that also leads right into what I wanted to ask you next, which is how has the transition been to broadcasting? What do you love about being an analyst now? Because I'm sure it's very different. So what has been the most fun thing about that transition? Um, The most fun thing was overcoming my biggest insecurity to do this. When initially contacted by CBS Sports, I said, I can't do it. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. And I said that over and over again. My greatest insecurity in life. And look, we all have our own insecurities. We all find ways to work through them or, or not. But my greatest insecurity has always been my appearance. And I have always, always hated cameras. When I would be on the field pregame or on the sideline during a game or towards the end of a game, and I would see television cameras moving in my direction. Tracy, I ran so fast the other way, Al Davis would assign me to play defensive back. I, I just, I've always, if you were to go to my parents' house right now and demand to look at old movies, because yes, kids, we actually had movies, not things on our cameras. Um, you'd see family movies of all the years and I'd never be in them because I was the kid who ran away from the movie camera. So, um, you know, I had decided that I was not going to go forward with CBS Sports and a woman that I know, a friend, not a not one of my closest friends in the world, but a, a part of my village, was listening to me explain why I was saying no to CBS. And she looked at me and said, let it go. And those three words resonated with me and made such an impact on me that I thought, you know what, I'm going to try this. And my first year on CBS Sports Network on that other pregame show, Bart Scott, former linebacker, was my teammate. And he sat next to me during every broadcast. And he held my hand during the commercials because I was close to tears. I was so frightened. I told the producer, Sean Robbins, that I, that I thought there was a significant chance I was going to throw up all over myself. And his response was, he just smiled and said, oh, my God, we'll get so many YouTube views. He was all excited that I might throw up all over myself. But my biggest, um, I, I now love what I do. I have, to, I have to pinch myself and realize, wait a minute, I come into the studio and you do my hair and you do my makeup and you pay me to talk about sports? 
how is this happening? Now I love it. And I think what I love the best is that I've overcome my biggest fear. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate you sharing that with us because I think that's such an important thing for young women to hear, well, for young people to hear, but especially young women because we are judged so frequently on things that just don't matter and we can't let other people's judgments and thoughts get in the way. And so I just really appreciate you sharing that and, and sharing how that's evolved for you and how much fun you're having now when you could let it go. And those are three really good words. Let it go. Just, just as important as just do it <laughs> kind of almost right. the end, but equally as important. Right. I should tell her to brand it with a sports company. Um, the other thing, and you mentioned, you know, such an important message for young girls and boys, as you noted, and I agree and absolutely agree with you in both regards. Um, something I, I spend a lot of time talking about, whether on the radio or television or otherwise, is to remind kids, nobody looks in real life the way they look on television. You show up at television, in my case, you show up at the studio looking like something your cat dragged in from, you know, the gutter. And this team of magicians that I am absolutely confident they bring in from Hogwarts work <laughs> their wizardry on you. And I wish I had understood while I was growing up that the people that you're seeing on your television screen don't look that way in real life. It's true. It's true for television. It's true for social media. It's true for all of these things. And it's an important thing to reiterate because a lot of people don't realize that. And it's definitely a very important thing uh, for people to know. Well, we have come to my favorite part of the show because you follow me on Twitter. And so people know that I, I sure love do. fun facts. Five fun facts are our thing. And at the end of uh, every Get My Job podcast, each of our guests does five fun facts that you have in advance. We keep it the same for everybody. So let's run through these real quick if you are up for it. I am absolutely up for it. But before we do this, since you may hang up on me the minute I'm done, I want to reiterate something I stumbled and bumbled through at the beginning. I have met with a lot of people over the course of a very, very long career who have said to me, this is my dream. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to accomplish. And it is very, very, very rare that I see someone accomplish that which they set out to. And Tracy, I will never forget where we sat having our cup of coffee in Santa Monica. I won't name its name unless they start sponsoring you. And <laughs> you, told, you told me what your dream was. You told me what your goal was. And you have not only achieved that, you've achieved far more than you articulated you want to. And I know you've got a lot more that you now have your sights set on, but I could not be more impressed with all that you have done. To use a sort of trite saying, you put your money where your mouth was, or you didn't just talk the talk, you walked the walk. And there's a message in there for young people as well. Hard work matters. It really, really matters. None of what you have accomplished has come uh, for a lack of hard work. Well, thank you. That is really very kind and means so much to me as you are one of my personal heroes and I consider you a mentor. So I really appreciate that. But yes, it is a lot of hard work. And I think that's an important thing to remember too. And something we've talked about on this podcast before, when we get to know somebody, whether it be a personality, a big, big wig in a front office, whatever it may be, a social media star, we feel like it happens overnight. It does not. A lot went into that. A lot of hard work. Right. And it doesn't happen without hard work. All right. Let's do our fun facts. All right, we've got it. Fun facts. And, and again, thank you. That really, you really have made my day. I'm just going to float through the rest of the day here. 
Um, all right, fun fact number one, Amy, what is your favorite moment in sports? Well, I will limit it to Raiders. And there were so many, 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 many favorite moments. But I would have to say, very late in the game, January 2002, AFC Championship, Zach Crockett runs in from about seven yards out. I think the play was 25 blasts. And I knew at that moment we were going to the Super Bowl. Amazing. That's a great one. Game wasn't, game wasn't over, but I knew, we, I, just, I knew it. It was done. We were going to the Super Bowl. That's awesome. What is your life motto? Do thine own self be true. Yeah, that's, that is a good one. Do you have a go-to workout? Uh, as we say from my legal background, counselor, that assumes a fact, not an evidence, that I actually do work out. Um, <laughs> all right, you know what? I, I'll tell you what I do. Elliptical. I love the elliptical. Um, I was a competitive equestrian for many, many, many years, and that has caused some issues with me being able to do things like running um, and, and some other things. So I've grown to love my elliptical. And guess what, Trace? You what? can actually look at Twitter when you're on the elliptical. How fun is that? That's true. You can look at Twitter when you're on the elliptical. And by the way, the a lot of my a lot of my tweets are from the elliptical. Oh, that's great. We should start hashtagging elliptical tweets. Let's see if we can get that trending. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say a go-to coffee order, but in your case, I would actually like to know your go-to ice cream order. Ooh, okay. The f- I like that question. The flavor of the ice cream is not as important as the fact that the ice cream has things in it. Chips and bits and nuggets. I don't like smooth ice cream. I like ice cream with lots of things in it. And then there has to be an absurd amount of sprinkles on it. So when I go out and order ice cream, I say, you know, I want this kind of ice cream with whipped cream and this kind of sauce. And then I want you to put on a lot of sprinkles. And after you put on a lot, I want three more side orders to go that I will put on as I eat them. So that's my favorite ice cream, ice cream, topping, sprinkles. You're a woman after my own heart. I agree with all of those things. And last but not least, what is a book every woman should read? Oh, can I answer that as opposed to women, um, a book that every young girl should read? Absolutely. Okay, because, you know, they're going to grow into women. Every young girl should read Harriet the Spy and the Nancy Drew book. Oh, Lessons in there that can guide you through life. I agree. Really good choices. Amy, it was such a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, this has just been fantastic. I know you have a lot going on, so it is much appreciated. Thank you. Lots of fun. Thanks for having me. It really is my privilege and pleasure. I appreciate it, Trace. Have a great one. You too. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.